0: Good morning, C3. Buenos dias. Good day, mate. Ohio. Guten morgen. Top of the morning to ya. Buona matin. Oh, good morning, C3. Bonjour, oui, oui. Ahoy, mateys. Welcome to C3. We're so glad you could. What? Daddy, what are you doing? I just thought that everybody would want to feel welcome. No? No, No. No. we'll take it from here. Okay. Good morning, C3. Welcome to church. Can't wait to see you again soon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Hey, C3. C3. We miss
1: everybody. Love you. Hey, C3 family, it's Anna Catherine.
2: Hope y'all are staying safe out there. I love and miss y'all. Looking forward to see everybody and I know y'all are looking forward to donuts.
0: Hey Larry and Sherry, we miss you. Sherry, happy Mother's Day and Larry, happy Sunday. <laughs> happy Say Mother's hi! Happy Mother's hi. Day. Hey. Hey. Sherry and Larry. We love you. you. We love you. <laughs> They're crazy. Love you bye. c 3 we miss you. Hope to see
3: you soon. Hey, c 3 We miss you guys. Hope everybody's staying safe. See you soon. Love you.
2: Hi, church family. We love you
0: and we miss you. That's the most important thing. Missing people. Bye. 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 Hey, good morning! Welcome to Christ Community Church. I hope we didn't scare you off with our pirate video of Justin <laughs> and Lily. You are hilarious! Thank you so much for uh, submitting your videos this week. Um, we're glad you joined us. Welcome to Christ Community Church. I think I've already said that. Are you ready? Should I keep telling them who yeah, we are? Welcome. Hey, welcome to Christ Community Church.
4: this day we're gathered in your name calling out to you glory like a fire awakening desire burn our hearts with truth you're the reason we're here you're the reason we're singing you open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, feeling every part of our praise. Your presence in this place, your glory on our face, We're looking to the sky, descending like a cloud. Waking with us now, Lord, unveil our eyes. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens. We want to see you. Open up the gates, A mighty river flowing from your heart. Feeling every part of our praise. We're singing open up the heavens. We wanna see you open up the gate, a mighty river flowing from your heart, feeling every part of our praise. Show us, show us. Show us, show your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us. Show us your glory, Lord.
3: morning, C3. I sure miss you guys, and I hope everybody is doing well. Um, I'm going to do the call of worship today. It is from Romans chapter 5. It's about peace and joy, and it begins with, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into His grace in which we now stand. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I just want to say that we've been through such a pandemic here lately and we've all lost a little hope, but don't give up. Um, God loves you. He loves us. God bless you and hope to see you soon. Love you guys.
0: Thank you, Gail, uh, for that call to worship. And uh, we encourage you guys to sing along and worship with us. Through
4: every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, i believe that you are my fortress or you are my portion you are my hiding place and i believe you are the way the truth the life and i believe you are the way The truth, the life I believe through every blessing Through every promise Through every breath I take I believe that you are provider That you are protector You are the one I love I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, and I believe you are the way, the truth, the life, and I believe you are. It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today, with mercies that are new. Oh, all my fears and doubts, yeah, they can all come to Because they can't stay long, when I am here with you. It's a new horizon, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today. Mercies that a new, Lord. All my fears and doubts, yeah, they can all come to because they can't stay long. And I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. Oh, I believe you are the way. The truth, the lie, who I believe you are, the way, the truth the lie, and I believe you are.
1: So thanks, Chris and Zach, for that music, and Justin for that fabulous intro. Um, actually, Chris, uh, it couldn't, you could not have chosen a song better and more appropriate for what the lesson is today, I think. Um, so I just want to open by saying to you that you might know that I am a teacher, a teacher of literature. I teach story, basically novels and, and story. I teach seniors, juniors and seniors. And I usually open up the school year with something like this. So I'm going to I'm going to do it today. Pretend if you will that you are a small child and I am the teacher not of juniors or seniors, but I'm a teacher of little little people, little girls. And I might say to them, "Okay, girls, Miss Sherry's going to tell a story today. So sit down on your your carpet square." and um, sit six feet apart on your carpet square, and Miss Sherry is going to tell you a story, and here it is. Once upon a time, there was a little girl, and she was very pretty. And she grew up and went to school, and she loved school. And she went to school from the time she was about three years old until she graduated when she was a senior. And do you want to know something about this little girl? She never had any problems. And she made all A's, straight A's, the whole time that she was growing up. And then, because she made so many straight A's, she got a big scholarship to college. And she went to college, and it was the same. Everything she tried out for, she got. And she made all A's, and she met a a very handsome man, and they got married. And she went to graduate school and still made all A's. And when she was finished with graduate school, she got a big job that made lots of money. And then she had some babies and they were beautiful and they went to school and her husband had a good job and they had nice cars and a nice house. And then the old lady, the lady grew old and then she died. The end. If I were to tell that story to a room full of say, four or five year olds, and then I were to say to them, what do you, I teach girls, what do you girls think, what do you ladies think about this story. Do you know what they would say? I do, I know for sure what they would say. We don't like that story, Miss Sherry. And I would say, well now, why don't you like that story? The, the, the girl had it everything she wanted and it was all good and easy. What, what did you not like about the story? And they might not be able to articulate what they didn't like, but they would say, we don't like it, it was boring. When I ask my girls, who are more sophisticated readers, if they like the story or not, they say, no, they don't like the story. I say, what is it about that, what's this story missing? And what it is missing are all the elements of good story, of a good novel, real characters, not flat characters, tension, conflict, a real plot that has both rising and falling action. A resolution. You can't have a resolution if you don't have a conflict. Larry's going to be teaching today <clears throat> from Psalm 107. And if you had a chance to read it, or if you are familiar with that psalm, you will realize that all the people, all the different groups in, this, in, this, in the psalm, in the story, have different situations that bring them to some form of distress. And in their distress, there's a refrain that you will hear, a a constant coming back to what they say. And what they say is this, Lord help, they cried in their trouble. And the resolution, he saved them from their distress. My story is a bad story because it's not real. It
2: doesn't happen.
1: Well, it just doesn't happen, and even, it, it's, a, it's an impossible thing, and even the smallest of, of children would, would understand that, even if they couldn't articulate it. <clears throat> my family had a particularly difficult week this week in our story of my father's diagnosis of Parkinson's with dementia, and we find ourselves, or I do, my family, family finds ourselves crying this, this prayer. Oh, Lord, help us, we cry in our distress, and then the resolution, and he saved them from their distress. Just this morning, I read in a devotional book by C.S. Lewis, this very, this very thought, just today, so it's pretty good timing, <laughs> C.S. Lewis says, we have to take reality as it comes to us. These are his words. There's no good jabbering about what it ought to be like or what we expected it to be like. The story that I opened with is a bad story. The story Larry's going to tell today, and this story, it is a better story.
2: Mm. Isn't it? It is.
1: It is, indeed.
2: Good morning. Thank you, Cheryl. You're welcome. Um, you've got a copy of the Scriptures, I wish you would turn to Psalm 107. And I want us to look at this psalm together. This psalm was written um, by the people of God uh, about mm, five or 600 years before Jesus was born. And it was written by the survivors, the Jewish survivors, from the Babylonian captivity. These were people that had been taken away into captivity and were now freed and allowed to go back to the Promised Land. And they were thrilled to be home. But once they got home, if you read the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, what you discover is that the people of God were a little shocked and discouraged that things were really no better back in the Promised Land than they had been in captivity. (laughs) They were different problems, but really all they did was change old problems for new problems old challenges for new challenges. And it forced the people of God to ask the question, what does it mean to have a relationship with God? What does a journey with God look like? And in Psalm 107, God reveals to them, they discover uh, what that relationship with God looks like, what that relationship with God means, what that journey with God looks like. And it was such a significant revelation for the people of God that for the next five or six hundred years, from the time that the uh, Israelite uh, captives were set free and sent home, all the way to the time of Jesus, for five or six hundred years, the people of God, every feast day, would travel from their homes throughout the promised land, back to Jerusalem to celebrate these holy days, these high days, these feast days. And on their journeys from their homes to Jerusalem, they would sing this psalm, this specific psalm, Psalm 107. They would sing it to one another to remind each other of what God had showed them about what a relationship with Him means, what a journey with Him looks like. And so I want us to look at this together. It's, it's a little bit of a lengthy psalm, but I'm going to read it to us today. And as, as I do, I want you to think about what I'm saying here. Basically, the author of this psalm is uh, ultimately the Holy Spirit, is going to reveal to the people of God, and that includes you and me, mm-hmm. that people who thrive, people that survive in a relationship with God, in a journey With God. They are people that have learned to believe three things very strongly, and they have learned to do three things very faithfully. So let me read this to you real quickly, and you think about it, and then we'll look at these three things that God wants us to believe very strongly, and three things that He wants us to do very faithfully. So listen the psalmist says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His great love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then tell people. Tell them that he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from the east, the west, the north, and the south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost, homeless, hungry, thirsty, near death. They called in their trouble, Lord, help, and he rescued them from their distress. He led them to a safe place to live. Let them praise the Lord for His great love and for the wonderful things that He has done for them. For He satisfies the thirsty and the hungry with good things. Some other people sat in darkness, deep gloom, imprisoned in chains of misery. They rebelled against God's words, scorning the Most High's counsel, broken by hard labor. They fell and no one was there to help them up. So they called in their trouble, Lord, help! And he rescued them from their distress. He led them from the darkness and gloom and snapped their chains. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them. For he demolished their prison gates of iron and their bars of bronze. Some were fools. They rebelled and suffered for their sins. Death was so close they could not even eat. They called in their trouble, Lord, help! And he rescued them from their distress. He healed them, snatching them from death. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he's done for them. Let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and sing joyfully about his glorious acts. Some others went off to sea in ships, sailing the world's trade routes. They saw the Lord's power and action, his mighty works on the deepest seas. He spoke and stirred the winds and the waves and their ships were tossed up to the heavens and down to the depths, terrifying the sailors. They reeled and staggered like drunks at their wits' end. They called in their trouble, Lord, help, and he rescued them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper and he stilled the waves. What a blessing, was that stillness as he brought them into harbor. Let them praise the Lord for his great love and for the wonderful things that he has done for them, publicly exalting him before the people and their leaders. He, God, Jehovah God, turns rivers into deserts and springs into dry and thirsty land and fruitful land into salty wastelands because of the evil of those living there. But he also turns deserts into pools and dry land into springs of water. He brings the hungry to settle there and builds their cities. They sow their fields and plant their vineyards and cro- harvest their crops. How he blesses them with big families and abundant herds. When they decrease in number and become impoverished via, uh, through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, The Lord pours contempt on their leaders, their princes, and causes them to wander in trackless wastelands. But He rescues the poor from trouble, and He increases their families like flocks of sheep. The godly will see all of this and be glad, while the wicked are speechless. The wise will take all of this to heart. They will see in our history, in the history of God's people, the loyal and faithful and everlasting love of the Lord. I told you that the people of God discovered in Psalm 107 that there were three important things that they were to believe and three important things that they were to do if they were to thrive and survive in a journey with God. I just want to mention them to you that I drew from this psalm. The first thing that the psalm says, it says, Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For He is good. It says that God is good. It doesn't say that God does good. It says that He is good. It's who He is. It's His nature. And what the author is saying is is that God cannot do otherwise. He cannot act differently than his nature allows. God always and only relates to us out of his goodness. That's what Jesus was referring to in Luke 18 when he says somebody called him good teacher. And he said, wait a minute, stop just a second. Do you realize what you're saying when you call me good? He says, why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. That's one of the key differences between God and us. God is good. That's his essence. We do good things. That's our behavior. We can do good things as human beings because we are created in in God's image and because we are the possessors of God's spirit. But God is good. It's the difference in the sun and a flashlight, a bird and a kite, a fish and Michael Phelps. No one would ever say, "Oh, that like we would about Michael Phelps, the Olympian swimmer. Man, he swims well. He swims great." You would never say about a fish, "He swims great." Why? It's not what a fish does. It's who he is. God. The Bible says that God's goodness is directed toward us. It's literally targeted toward us. It pursues us. The Bible says that God's uh, goodness is great toward us. It abounds toward us. It endures toward us. It is toward all of God's creation. God's goodness, the Bible says, is continual, and it says that God's goodness will ultimately be that which satisfies us. Psalm 27 says this, The writer says, I would have lost all heart, all courage, all hope in my life unless I believed that I would see and experience the goodness of the Lord. It was important for God's people in Jesus' day when he and Mary and Joseph would sing the same psalm back to one another. It was important to the people of God to remind each other That the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, the God of the Israelite people was a God that was good. Second thing that it says that was important for God's people to believe if they were going to thrive and survive in their relationship and journey with God, it says, um, let me see what it says, it says, his great love endures forever. It's important for them to believe, it's important for us to believe that God loves us with a great And literally the word is loyal love. A love that is loyal. A love that is great. A love that never lessens. It never diminishes. It never changes. It never ends. Jeremiah 31 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. A love that is continually drawing you to myself. Sadly, I truly regret how inconsistent my love has been over the years toward people that I care about. Do you know God has no such regret? God has never experienced regret over loving people less than He should or in ways that were less than He wanted to. God's love is consistent and faithful. Sadly, I remember people in my life, in my past, that at one time I loved dearly, passionately, but I no longer love them for various reasons. God cannot remember one person that he used to love, but now does not. James chapter one, the Bible says, your heavenly father does not change like shadows on a sunny day. And in Ephesians one, the Bible says, where Paul says, before birth, God loved you and chose you. Job said the same thing in chapter 10. You gave me life and you showed me love. Literally what Job is saying there, you loved me before I even came out of my mother's womb. I marry a lot of little couples and at some point in the ceremony in one way or another, they basically say, I commit my love to you till the day I die. Do you know that's exactly what God does? He says, Larry, Sherry, Justin, and to you that I'm speaking to, I, God says, I, will, I love you, and I'll always love you till the day that I die. The third thing that the Bible says in Psalm 107 <clears throat> that's important for us to uh, believe strongly if we're going to thrive and survive in a journey with God. And that is that a journey with God is going to be filled with good times and bad times. Did you notice those, type, those different type of people that were mentioned? People that were wandering. People that were imprisoned. People that were foolish. People that were adventuresome. Some of these people experienced bad times because of things they had done. Some of these people experienced bad times because of what others, other people had done. Some of these people experienced bad times just because that's the way life goes. Psalm 107 says that people who know and walk with God have times of joy and pain, victory and defeat, happiness and sorrow, abundance and need. God, the Bible says, is continually giving and taking, creating and destroying filling and emptying, building and tearing down. There are no exceptions. The greatest, most faith-filled, devoted followers of God in the Bible would all testify that a journey with God involves and includes good times and bad times. Even the Son of God, when He lived on the earth, experienced a journey with His Father that included good times and bad times. My wife has a precious lady in her life that she loves. It's really a mentor of hers. And she has had a very difficult uh, life, especially the last few years of her life. And uh, she used to tell my wife uh, on occasion, talking about just going through times of suffering and pain and loss, she would say, if you live long enough, everybody has a turn. If you live long enough, Everybody has a turn. Now, If you die young, maybe you'll miss out on a lot of the sufferings of life. But if you live long enough, you're going to get to have your turn at, at experiencing the difficulties and sufferings of life. In Psalm 90, the psalmist says, Gladden us, O Lord, for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Huh. And then the, the great theologians, the band, the birds, uh, they uh, they they wrote a song based upon Ecclesiastes How chapter. How do you know about the birds? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm shocked. I should have quoted Willie Nelson, but the yes, birds fit yes. better. Next week, um, Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter three was what that song was based upon, and it basically says that for everyone there will be times of life and death, crying and laughter, mourning and dance being together and being alone, experiencing love and experiencing hate. Quickly, in Psalm 107, God reveals to His people that if we're going to have a journey with Him where we thrive and survive to the end, not only do we need to believe three things, but we need to do three things. And let me tell them to you quickly. He says that, and Sherry mentioned it, Five different times, I'm sorry, four different times in Psalm 107, the writer says that we are to call upon the Lord. When we go through times of difficulty and pain, especially, we are to call upon God. It says that God helps people with troubles and problems when they call upon Him. In my life and in the life of those that I know well, You know what I've discovered? We will do anything and everything but call upon God when we go through difficulties. We'll cry, we'll worry, we'll stress, we'll complain, we'll hide and deny and ignore and blame and criticize. We'll we'll work to try to fix it. We'll do everything when we face problems and pain and loss but call upon the name of the Lord. And yet, God reveals to His people in Psalm 107, Why don't you make calling upon me when you face difficulty your first reaction rather than your last? Psalm 50 says, Call upon me in the day of your trouble, and I will deliver you. Psalm 18 says, I called upon the Lord, and He saved me from all of my enemies. Psalm 86 says, Lord, You're so forgiving, so good, so abounding in love, to all who call upon you.
1: And notice how easy the call is in Psalm 107. Yes. Two words.
2: Two words. Lord
1: even, help, that's it. Lord help.
2: Uh, reminds me of Peter when he uh, was sinking in the water during the storm, and he said, Lord, save me. Mm-hmm. It didn't have to be long or religious or flowery. It didn't. That, all they had to do was call. And yet for most of us, it's so hard to admit that that's what we need and to do that very thing. And then I find it very significant that five different times in Psalm 107, the psalmist reminds us that it is important that we declare to others God's goodness toward us. Psalm 107 says to tell people that you love God and what God has done for you. Notice what it says. Let me read it. It says, um, His great love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Has the Lord helped you? Has the Lord saved you? Then tell people. Tell them He has redeemed you from your enemies. For He's gathered the exiles from many lands, from the east, west, north, and south. People all around us. People that we work with, people that we live with, people that we eat dinner with, they are desperately longing to hear that there is a God that loves them and that is real and will help them. And they desperately need to hear you and I tell them how we feel about that God and examples of what that God has done for us. They don't need to hear about our doctrine, our opinions, our advice, our criticisms, our views. They don't need to hear all that. And that's probably the things that we talk about the most. Let me tell you what I believe about this. Let me tell you how I feel about that. Do you ever tell your children, your mate, your coworkers, I love God. I believe in God. He's important to me. He's a vital part of my life. He lives in my life. And over the years, I example after example of times when God has come to my aid and helped me. I'm telling you that there'll never be a time in history when people need more and want more than to hear us testify that God is good and that His love for us is everlasting. And then the very last thing, it says that in verse 43, it says, The wise will take all of this to heart and will see in our history the loyal and faithful and everlasting love of the Lord. God ends this psalm by reminding his people that wise is the man, wise is the woman who regularly reminds himself or herself, regularly reflects upon the loyal and faithful and everlasting love of God. Do you do that on a daily basis? Do you get up in the morning, not out of duty, not out of uh, uh, just your routine, not out of some kind of rigid way of living your life, not out of fear that if you don't do it, uh, God somehow is going to be mad at you or curse you, but out of a recognition, God, This morning, I'm going to read your word and I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes. And in the process, remind me that you're good. Remind me that you love me. Remind me that you're going to be faithful to me today like you have been in my past. Oh, that we would daily be wise by reminding ourselves of the goodness and the everlasting love of God. We're going to take the Lord's Supper as we end today. And so if you have got some bread and some wine or juice or whatever you have, night coke, it doesn't matter what it is, um, I want you just to uh, gather those things and gather those around you that love you and that you love. And let's let's, uh, remind ourselves by eating that which represents the body of our Lord Jesus and drinking that which represents his blood. Reminding ourselves and reminding one another that God is good and he has shown his goodness toward us by sending his son to die on the cross and that God's love for us is everlasting and he showed and proved that love by letting his son spill his blood and die so that we could be adopted into the family of God. Surely. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're so happy that you could join us. And we pray that God will bless you this week as you get to know him better and understand and embrace a relationship and a journey with him that not only survives, but thrives. Bless you.
4: Thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard tender whisper, loving the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleasing, that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers far and away. But I know we're all searching for answers Only you provide cause you know Just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father It's who you are It's who you are It's who you are You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect. Oh, and it's love so undeniable I, I can hardly speak Peace so unexplainable I, I can hardly think as you call me Deeper still as you call me Deeper still as you call me, deeper still into love, 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 you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I love by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect in all of your ways, you are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To.
0: Thanks again for joining us at Christ Community Church Online. We'll be back same time, 10-15, next week right here, Facebook Live. Also on YouTube Live, uh, Pirates maybe next week again. We'll try not to get too weird. Anything I'm forgetting this week, guys? Anything good? Yeah. Y'all have a great week. Thank y'all so much. We'll see you next week. All right. I'll be here in just a second. Thanks again for joining us, land lovers. If you would like to share ye gold doubloons, be sure to use the Push Pay app. See you next week.
4: Gear!